Hello and welcome to For What It's Earth, your weekly podcast chatting all things climate, environment and sustainability. Each week we're going to be exploring a different topic and finding out just what it is that you and I can do to make a little bit of a big difference. Uh, I'm your host Emma, I'm in the studio again with my good friend Lloyd. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Are we well? I'm, yeah, it's good to be back and Good to be back in the studio, the world, back recording right? again. Back changing the world, you're completely yeah. right. That is what we're doing here. And what a day for it. What a day indeed. But anyway... Why are we here, Emma? Why are we here? This week, we are talking fast fashion. Yes, we are. So stick around for that. Okay, so this week, we are talking fast fashion. Yes, we are. But not the type of fashion that physically moves quickly. But I guess it does kind of move quickly because fast fashion is this concept of turning around uh, the clothes you see on the catwalk on these big fashion shows and getting them as fast as possible to the rails in your shop of choice. Yes. So pumping out uh, large, large volumes of these things to try and persuade us to buy more things, pretty much. Yeah, it's all about very kind of almost disposable fashion, isn't it? Just very quickly produced not necessarily very good quality, not very fast, not very long-lasting garments just because they're following the fashion trends which change so quickly. That's exactly it. I mean, I think we're all guilty of buying some form of what we consider fast fashion. I'm probably wearing fast fashion now. It's very difficult not to unless you've got a really big budget. And unless you know what you're looking for as well, I think, is is a big thing. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I think I've heard all of the the kind of the talk about the issues around fast fashion in the sense that ethically looking after the workforce behind fast fashion there's all these issues that's come into the news quite a lot recently it has yeah but when we sat down to to have a research of this episode i actually didn't realize how many environmental issues there are surrounding the world of fast fashion they're really varied as well they they sort of crop up from production of the material to its dyeing process all the way to the shipping of it and getting it to you and our attitudes towards it and then what happens to it afterwards as well mm. we just we just chuck it in the bin when we're done with it when it's no longer on trend but this is it because we've got so many things that retailers are under pressure to get us to part with our cash to buy more things mm. so you've got five jumpers and they're saying oh no but you really need this this jumper yeah but now this trends is the have one. moved so you have to find a new one exactly yeah, there so is a lot of pressure ways to get us to part with our cash and it works because it is one of the biggest industries in the world. It does. Yeah. So let's talk about some of those issues. Yes. To start with. Um, let's start off with some of the environmental issues. Let's go for we're it. We're talking about, shall we? So uh, do you want to start us off? Should we start with pollution? We'll start with the massive impact that pollution go on, has. Let's do that. So, you know, I don't know about you guys, but you don't think. You just go out and you buy and you consume and then and then you get rid when you don't longer like it or you get a little hole in the elbow or something. But actually the processes of producing those things that you pick up off the rail have some massive environmental impacts. So especially depending on whatever colour is in trend uh, at the moment, everything that we buy has been dyed or bleached in some way. And all of those pollution, all of those chemicals are released into the environment in some way. They aren't just kind of contained within the process. So especially with dyeing, um, you're using a vast amount of water and you're using quite harsh chemicals to produce these really bright purples and oranges, very unnatural colours that aren't found in nature. So you can't use a natural dye, you have to use a synthetic dye. Um, And then those are washed out from the factory and just, just 
disappeared and often just left into the environment. Yeah, I mean, think whenever you walk into whatever your shop of choice is and you see all these different colours, all these different patterns, mm. that that's obviously not like a natural thing when you pick it up the cotton or whatever material you're like using. That. Yep, you've got to pour dyes and other things in. In vast quantities. Yeah, I mean, dyes have obviously been used for hundreds, thousands of years for various mm. things, but not necessarily in this quantity and for these reasons. You mentioned water earlier. So textile dyeing is the second largest polluter of water globally. Which is just amazing. Which I would I never have would thought never of that. Have, yeah, never considered that to be the issue. No, it's a huge, yeah, it's a huge polluter of fresh water um, in the dyeing process. I think especially when you, I, I suppose everyone's aware that a lot of our clothes are made uh, abroad, perhaps in countries with... Uh, more likely to have water shortage lax, issues yeah and more lax uh, regulations when it comes to environment yes true and protecting said environment um unfortunately and i think that really exacerbates the problem with companies a bit more willing to look the other way yes there aren't such stringent regulations and hoops that people have to jump through they're not being monitored you're right it's out of sight out of mind isn't it really exactly yeah and, and it's not just water is it it's also co2 which is obviously a massive talking point for at least the last decade and going way back. But, I mean, global textile production, 1.2 billion tonnes of CO2 emissions. Which is just insane. Yeah. And if you want to put that in some context, everyone, that is more than international flights and maritime shipping put together per year. 1.2 billion just tonnes of carbon emissions for our clothes. Literally I for would our never have called that. You know, if you said to me, what do you think one of the biggest, like, uh, air polluters we have to face an issue with today i would never have said oh it's the fashion industry not at all Wouldn't have yeah not mind. at all i mean you just think of these really compact easily packed things yeah you just go and buy your jeans yeah speaking of jeans actually we're both wearing jeans wearing how jeans. many gallons of water do you think it took to produce um, one pair of jeans go on tell me this is nuts it's two thousand gallons of water per pair of jeans and I've, I've got at least two other pairs of jeans. Oh, all three jeans. Well done. Whole three jeans. Thank you. And then all the other jeans I've owned in my lifetime. That's just nuts, isn't it? And, you know, denim doesn't naturally color, come in the colour that we associate with normal denim either. That's all, that's all dyed. Yeah. And then also, if you get stonewashed jeans, not only have they been dyed, they've then been bleached to create the stonewash passion, pattern. And that bleach, again, has run off into the water. So it's, it's even more like a two-stage process. I mean, and then think about, oh, we'll, we'll talk more about materials in a, in a few seconds, mm. but we think especially perhaps jeans these days are, when they're a little bit cheaper, they're not made as well. No. So then you think the lifespan of that is shorter. Not actually very long. Got to buy another pair of jeans. That's another couple of thousand gallons of water. Yeah. Does add up, doesn't it? It does add up. Um, so if we go back to carbon emissions in particular, we found a report actually where it cites that the fashion industry is responsible for up to 10% of the world's global carbon emissions per year, or world's global carbon footprint. So it's fair to say it's oh, a problem. Oh, my word. That is nuts. Yeah, it's definitely a huge problem, but it's not something that we, I think, is really shouted about. So that's what no, we're here for, listeners. Yes, we, we will do the, the legwork. <laughs> We've done the research. You can just enjoy the rewards. Yes, what we're going to do now is outlining some of these problems and get hopefully get a few people change their minds maybe just you know yeah if, if not completely cancel out then just reduce the number of fast fashion items yeah we're just we're, we're not, just we're not here to lecture you we're just no, here, here to, to inform and hopefully 
hopefully change a few attitudes. Exactly. And you know, we just like having a chat anyway. It's a great excuse for us to catch up. I've got back my cup in of the tea. studio. Yeah, I've got coffee. I've I'm got ready. coffee on the go. We're happy. Anyway, we're back to fast fashion. <laughs> One of the other things as well that's a massive problem with the industry is the amount that goes into landfill. Yes. Because all of the offcuts, you know, you don't produce pattern, you don't produce fabric in exactly the right shape to put into a t-shirt you produce vast flat reams of it and then you cut that into the required shapes to create your your, your pattern that's a really good point actually when i was thinking of waste i was thinking of um people getting rid of their clothes afterwards but that's a good yeah. point like the actual process even is during it more offcuts yeah there's so so much going straight into landfill um which is another huge issue obviously we don't have enough landfill space in the world i, I think i read was it a whole uh, rubbish truck garbage truck dump truck whatever you want to call it I'm just trying to appeal to our international base. <laughs> a, a truck that has refuge in it, <laughs> one of those every second will take uh, clothing-based uh, offcuts and refuge. Really? To, yeah. One a second? One a second. Where's that going? Where is that going? Straight into landfill. And what does it do there? Leaches more chemicals into the environment when it breaks Oof. down. It's all a bit of a vicious cycle, really. Actually, while we're talking chemicals, um, the Greenpeace have recently had uh, what they called a detox campaign, where they've been having a look at the things that we buy and, and all of our fashion products. And actually, they had a look at what chemicals were being um, associated with each of the products that we buy and found that actually there were very high quantities of certain chemicals which have been proven to bioaccumulate in, in our food chains. Uh, and um, when we say bioaccumulate, we mean that these... These chemicals are released into the water, into freshwater environments, where they're potentially going to interact with smaller organisms, um, which can then be eaten by, say, smaller fish. And then the more of those small fish are eaten by a larger predator, the more that num that amount of chemical builds up in the large predator. Um, and, you know, we can even end up eating some of those and it can yeah. it can bioaccumulate in, in many different ways, not necessarily directing us because we don't necessarily interact with everything, but it can vastly hurt and damage the balance of ecosystems because some of these chemicals have been proven to affect hormone pretty levels. nasty yeah. yeah i mean talking about chemicals that leads us quite nicely onto the next thing or the next element of fast fashion mm. i want to talk about which is the materials that go into making said clothes yes what a lovely segue well done thank you very much <laughs> i oh, that worked out better than i could have hoped <laughs> so i mean quite often we think about fast fashion as maybe just very plasticky materials which quite often it is mm. so things like polyesters plastic based material and actually i think a lot of people don't see the connection between polyester and plastic i don't know about oh, you go on do you yeah. reckon because i think people see okay my jumper's made out of nylon it's made out of cotton it's made out of polyester you just see it as another source of fabric if you don't think True. about it but yeah, actually a lot of people won't make the connection that polyester is a synthetic material it is in fact a plastic that we're threading into fibers and that we're, that we're threreading into a... That's an excellent point. Like, perhaps we, take, we, do, we do take it... Take it back a step. Take it for granted when we, as you say, keep seeing it on labels everywhere. You just it see it as polyester, not yeah. as a plastic-based material. Yeah. So you might already know that um, plastic materials release smaller bits of plastic, mm. like uh, microplastics. And in the case of polyester, which is a plastic-based material in our clothes, um, it releases quite often microfibers. So... Uh, slightly frightening statistic is half a million tons of microfibers from polyester based clothing enter our oceans every single year yeah which basically just comes from when you when you wash your clothes um all of the water that you use to wash your clothes 
um, takes these microfibers which are broken down out of your clothes um, and that water just drifts gently, as most things do, into our water sources and often ends up in the ocean. And again, bioaccumulation, which you're talking mm. about with the dyes, it can happen with small animals yeah, and fish. That, that Those have been shown to stick around in the guts of uh, marine animals. Which is very, very true. But the problem with polyester is that it's so fast to produce, it's so easy to weave, and, it, and it's quite strong that it's already a really integral part of everything that we, Which we do. Which fits into the fast own. fashion mantra perfectly. Exactly. You see someone on the catwalk, you need to make it quickly. Polyester, it really quickest thing you could possibly use. Ream it off. Yeah. Do it. Dye it. But then it's made from coal and petroleum and, and air and water, which of course are burning fossil fuels. So even the process of making polyester burns fossil fuels and, and releases carbon dioxide. But not just carbon dioxide, also carbon monoxide and sulfur dioxide. So carbon dioxide is often like the poster child of the bad greenhouse is, gases, yeah. but it's not the only one. It's not the only one. It's kind of like a double whammy with that then, isn't it? The the making of the material yeah. and then the actual weaving and then past that, the transport of everything. Yep. The in, carbon in footprint even bolts, of transit yeah. is huge. It's just so easy and we're so used to an easy life. Yeah, so an alternative material, like a very common material in clothing, is cotton. Yes. Um, I'm sure... The original kind of clothing material. Yeah, the original really. clothing material. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people do have... are wearing something cotton right now or they've got like cotton somewhere in their clothes in like a blend maybe. Mm. But cotton itself isn't necessarily the answer at the moment because that again comes with its own problems right mm, so cotton's a natural crop which is great we can grow it um but it's kind of subject to the exact same pressures that agricultural crops are subject to in that growers want to increase their yield to make as much money as they possibly can and in order to do so um they will use very high volumes of water to produce this cotton crop, but also pesticides are quite heavily used um, and one of the key problems with pesticides, especially non-natural pesticides, is that these pollutants will run off and find their way into, once again, local water sources. They don't stay on the yes. crops, they don't stay on the fields. They kill off the weeds and then they end up somewhere else and, you know, they're designed to kill things off, so they do so elsewhere. This is it, and I suppose water shortage is quite a big topic, increasingly. Mm. And there are other crops we need water for, so like the other agricultural-based items. So when you add in the cotton for solely our clothes, it's, it kind of adds up. And what you're talking about with uh, pesticides, mm. um, I, was, I was reading that there are quite a few genetically modified cotton plants now, yes. which makes sense, because you can protect against pests. But then there's that cat and mouse evolutionary game almost mm. where you then get super resistant weeds super resistant pests vicious cycle and you have to use more stronger pesticides quite often and it all yeah it all kind of cycle, levels like say. up yeah yeah so it the answer me. almost a lot of people Do say is yeah so, so <laughs> let's try and up this a little bit <laughs> so the answer always for a lot of people is organic cotton yes so you're not using those pesticides you're not using perhaps as much water um, it's it's maybe slower slower growing, but at the moment, less than one percent of the total cotton crop on the planet is can be considered organic. Yes. So the thing with organic is it kind of only really works well if it's used for uh, like garments which are designed to last. Because, like you said, the growing time for for organic cotton without the help of pesticides or GMO. Um, is a lot slower. So it's not really designed for the idea of fast fashion, is it? Yeah, exactly. Which is, which is which a bit of a problem. 
kind of hinders it, I suppose, in that when people see organic cotton, great, you want to get it. Mm. More expensive Sometimes items because they're built to last. But the flip side is, it, yeah, it will last. But it will last. You won't need to replace things quite so quickly. But yeah, so it's still, it's a slightly less efficient way of, of using the land and it's got um, it's got a lower yield. But one of the other problems as well with dyeing cotton um, because obviously we don't really wear natural colours very often. We like our jazzy prints and our bold colours. Um, but one of the problems with, with dyeing cotton is that actually the actual impact of dyeing cotton is, is so much more than it is of dyeing polyester, which is another reason polyester has just taken off when it comes to being used as a, as a fabric source, because you don't need as much dye for it. It holds its dye much, much right. more, whereas cotton needs a lot more treatment and leads to a lot more waste and a lot more expense. So unfortunately, there's no, perhaps one single right answer to this. It's kind of, there's no win-win. No, as with most things, As with most things, and as with most things, it's about consumption, like the sheer volume of consumption, the sheer volume of things we're uh, buying, we're demanding. As we said, like the companies want to keep producing this these things because they've got profit margins. They need to keep getting you to buy things. I mean, some companies... Oh, talking profit margins. In, it, sorry, total no, science. go ahead. I, I read this the other day, or I heard this the other day. So the companies that typically do fast fashion, um, mm. which churn things out super, super quickly, they actually only normally have like a 1% to 3% margin on their clothes. Oh, that's which is thing. Which is nuts. Um, but that's how they're able to sell them so cheaply. But they they require you to buy them so, so often so that they can actually keep in business. Whereas the larger ticket items, like some of the bigger brands um will actually put up to a 30 percent profit margin on their items which i mean is is making them silly silly money but they are also often better quality items yeah i mean when people see cheaper clothes you you want to go for it because you've got like we said earlier limited budget you yeah. kind of have we to make have that difficult choice or should you, do you try and find the money to make that bigger purchase now or mm. you take you, the easy you spread option it out? yeah yeah I'm guilty of that. I'm fairly certain I'm wearing quite a lot of fast fashion now. I mean, when we talk about uh, built like clothes that are built to last and profit margins, uh, there was it was quite it was fairly recently within the last year. Um, MPs in the UK sort of called a special panel almost to try and address this and get the opinions of uh, leaders in the retail field and owners. Really? So you had uh, representative, sorry, representatives from Primark and Topman and Zara and H and M answering questions. And, for example, they asked Primark, like, how can you sell a £2, £3 t-shirt? How does that possibly work? And their yeah. response was, we don't spend any uh, advertising money. Oh, Which Yeah, makes you know sense. what, you don't, I guess you don't really see much, much advertising yeah, so from perhaps, Primark. Perhaps it's not necessarily as bad as you think, but how can you sell a £2 t-shirt that is completely, well, is perhaps more ethical? Yeah. It's like, you, you, you probably can't. can't. Yeah. yeah. Um, and will that last i mean there are just because you spend more on a brand no. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but just at the same time just because you spend more on a brand doesn't yes instantly mean it's going to last longer because yeah. you're also paying for the design process yep whoever's there and you're paying for the name you are you you are often paying for a name you're yeah price doesn't always indicate quality so perhaps reputation is yes go on here we as well go on reputation that's very true so didn't you say actually also as well the un have recently formed an alliance um, for sustainable fashion. That's right, yeah. It's, it's uh, as you said, it's the Alliance for Sustainable Fashion. Um, and it is about bringing together uh, the producers and uh, consumers and retail groups mm. to discuss the issue and to sort of identify the areas 
most need of attention, I suppose, which sounds very generic, but uh, I think it's quite a wide ranging body. Sometimes and, it's just and starting the conversation as well, yeah. And, and the, the good thing is they work quite closely with, for example, the UN agricultural organisations for land management, because it all ties in, doesn't it? it yeah. It's not about, you, you can't have a thing just on fashion because it is reliant on the agricultural side of things, which grow the cotton, yeah. the the manufacturing side, labour standards, yeah. which we haven't even really discussed yet. We've we've left that for a whole other episode. To be honest, possibly, yeah. So just... it's it's a bit of a web, yeah, to, which needs deconstructing. And we've gone uh, in quite miserable on this one as well. If we went into the yeah, actual labour standards, <laughs> we'd end up quite depressed. But um, so, so we thought we'd, we'd space out the depressedness. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do it again another time. <laughs> <laughs> when we're feeling a bit more cheery. Um, but, so, well, there is one one major positive. This is an issue in which that we think that individuals have the most power to make change. Exactly. This is in our hands, effectively, really. Yeah, I mean, for example, for another episode, we're talking about palm oil. And there is there are things you can do to reduce palm oil consumption, but a lot of it relies on the companies that make it because it's such yeah. a difficult thing to try and find in your products, as in look for. But fashion is something that we are pretty directly responsible for. We are the ones who go out and buy these things. We make a lot decisions. of time knowing it's not yeah. the best option that we can make. Yeah. So what can we do, Lloyd? Other than oh, so judge you me for the that. fact yes. I'm wearing like a Primark t-shirt. And... Well, this, I mean, my <laughs> opinion is uh, at the moment, it's really difficult not to buy anything that's fast fashion. Mm. It's kind of everywhere. I think it's it's making a, a gradual change if you can. I've I've tried to make an effort recently. I mean, again, it depends how much you're willing to spend, doesn't it? Yes. And not everyone can. Uh, I've been trying to make an effort recently to buy more and more, like the odd item. Yes. If I think, oh, I really need some t-shirts, I'll wait another month. I'll buy one that lasts. I'll pay a bit more than I would have last month and I'll yeah. buy a couple that will last from a good source. For example, um, I used a company recently, uh, Rapa Nui. Oh, yeah. So they marked it as... For example, the t-shirts I bought were 100% organic cotton. Wow. Um, they're manufactured in the UK. They've got nice pictures and testimonials from their workers. You get a nice little handwritten note afterwards. Oh, so that's thank so you. sweet. <laughs> and quite often, actually, some of their That's great. That, their, their that, really tie, that brings the issue into such relevance as well, if you're interacting with that. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's a bit more reassuring. And I think their factories, I can't remember what it is, but it's, it's very, very eco-friendly factory as well to so make an effort, which is quite nice. I, I just found this uh, company because I was Googling uh sustainable ethical fashion brands that i yeah. can use and also i think there's a lot of stigma when you say things like ethical fashion a lot of people will imagine you're wearing like really baggy hemp clothing yeah and it's just a bit like an old sack and, and things are just not actually that fashionable but there are quite a lot of brands these days which are are not necessarily taking the high fashion route but they're mimicking um more normal Normal's not even the right word, but even more trendy designs. Sure. Instead of it being like quite a very different, I don't even know how to describe it without insulting people. I think I know where you go with this, but I mean, <laughs> but, but, I mean, digging a hole. Companies like H and M and Zara, yes, which we mentioned earlier, um, they are surprisingly good. They do have a big range of organic cotton products. They yes. do, yeah. I think especially after, uh, I can't remember when it was, but at some point in recent years, they were all involved in a lot of the workers' um, quality standard issues. They have now made such a concerted change to make efforts, not just to their workers' qualities, but also to their products. Yeah, so you're right. It's a good example of how 
pressure from us and sort of almost like social outrage, social pressure. Yeah, definitely. Can, can really turn around. We made a change. Yay. Well, I mean, we didn't. We've just started. But yeah, this is true. We, we like, as the, 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 the royal people we. People yeah. like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Oh, the other nice thing about H&M as well um, is they operate a really good, not a buyback scheme, but you can take a bag of clothes back to H&M, which they then claim to recycle. And as your incentive for doing so, they'll give you £5 off your next shop. £5? I think, I think they're still doing that. Yeah, I've done that a couple oh, of times. Awesome. Because you, you don't want to put clothes in the bin. It just seems like a waste. And if does, they're does saying it, that yeah. they're recycling the fibres in those clothes, it's quite a nice place I to mean, I for them. I think Primark at least said they were planning on doing it within the next year, like a similar oh, sort good. of take-back scheme. Um, Patagonia is... I love Patagonia. Really, they've been around for 20 years or so, haven't they? At least, um, probably longer. Oh, I think quite a long time. Quite yeah. a long time. Let's just say they've been around for a long time. But uh, they are excellent. They they repair uh, clothes. Yeah, they have a they'll, fantastic they'll take back scheme. clothes at the end of the life cycle. Um, fleeces. Are, yeah, they've have been, been made making... for decades from plastic bottles. That's probably where I got 20 years from. I think for 20 years they've been recycling yeah, I think, yeah, over 20 years to make been use, Yeah, using the PET from plastic bottles to blend their polyester fleeces. And also they're, they're, they're fabulous. They're brilliant. They're great quality. Um, I'll stand by Patagonia. Everything I've got from them lasts and lasts really, oh, really good. well. I mean, so... One of the other things as well you can do, instead of just picking uh, like which retailers you choose to shop with, uh, you can also hit up charity shops. And yes. I do Classic do charity, charity shop. shop. Yeah, I do like a charity shop. The one problem I found with charity shops is that you can only go in if you're not looking for a certain item. So you'll go in, like I found browse, some nice pair it? of jeans that fit. Yeah. I found some nice jumpers and I, and I live in them. But if I was to go out looking for quite a typical female problem here, if I had an event to go to and I was like, right, I need a new top or I need a new dress. Sure you can't really guarantee that going into a charity shop, you'll find something. Whereas often you can guarantee, okay, I like X retailer. I like Zara. I know I'll probably find something in Zara. And also they have a range of sizes. So something will fit me. That ties it's such in. a gamble. Sorry, that, that does tie into almost one of the drivers of fast fashion, which mm. is that people just don't have time yes, to true. really put effort into finding ethically sourced clothing. It's, it's so much easier when, like you said, you know you're going to go to this place yeah. and find something you want. It's quicker, it's easier done this is very true so I, I definitely recommend people if they can just spend like a like an hour in an evening just mm. start look up some brands um maybe you can write a list and then in the future you know which yeah, brands this is true. To, save to them find. to your browsing history or something exactly yeah Have like you get the odd ad pop up on facebook or whatever but it's not a bad ad it's not a bad ad oh and also if well i think oh, again one of the issues with charity shops not having as much choice one of the ways that that can also be changed is if we all donate more to charity shops because yes. if we're giving away clothes that we don't necessarily fit or like anymore, that's not to say that other people won't. But if nobody's donating them to charity shops in the first place, we're going to have very slim pickings from which to choose. True. I've still got some clothes which are just in the back of my cupboard, which I, I feel too guilty to throw away, but I, I'm too lazy to yeah, do a charity shop. Charity but you're right, I need to just... I love doing that. It makes me feel very cleansed. Like every season I do, like mm. a, I just get rid of a few things and then suddenly I feel a bit less stressed because everything's a bit less cluttered. But the evolution of the charity shop is sort of the sort of vintage... Yes. scene isn't it really which, which is very similar but uh it's, very it's popular. perhaps slightly more at market clothes i, I don't know you will not spend necessarily more, depends yeah. where you go but it's yeah it's, it's more about getting a vintage look as well yes but you are they, paying they do... for a, a vibe it's a horrible word but look yeah, i think but that's still a good thing that's that's what we should be doing we, mm. we should we should be thinking of uh vintage clothing in charity shops as of 
equal to going to the shops. Definitely. And back in the day, a lot of these vintage clothes will be 20, 30 years old. And the reason they're still around now is because back then, pre-fast fashion, yeah, they were made so much better. They are durable. But beyond vintage clothing, I only saw this recently in the news, there are a lot more um, rentals of high fashion. Oh, right. So, I don't know, the the one website I was browsing earlier, um, you can, not for me, obviously, but you can buy a Dolce & Gabbana dress. It could be for you, we don't judge. for me, exactly. Uh, £200 for like five days, that sort of thing. Or there oh, are right. other. So you just borrow it for. So you, so you just borrow it for that, that event of time. Oh, okay. um, obviously, it's still a lot of money, but if you're really determined to get a nice bit of fashion, then it makes it so much more accessible. Actually, doesn't it? Exactly, there's, and there are no other alternatives. Way I would be able to afford a, a new. No, I couldn't. Watching a dress, oh, I probably God, still though. couldn't afford to rent one for five days. But if I had a particularly <laughs> insane event that I had to go to and, and couldn't. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that, that was one example. I've yeah. seen other companies which do it for a lot cheaper mm. for a shorter amount of time. We'll pop some of those up on our Instagram, actually. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and collect Facebook. a list of a couple. Yeah, and, uh, we'll, we'll so that you can have a get. list and you can browse some of our favourites. Uh, one other thing, actually, as well, which I saw was quite cool, would be quite an easy change for people as well. You don't really need to change your habits with this. Um, is Guppy Fish are a company which basically produce um, like laundry bags, not in the sense that you just chuck your dirty laundry in the corner of your room in, as in you put your laundry in it, seal it up, and then put that whole bag in the washing machine. And the whole point of this bag is that it catches all of the microfibers which disintegrate from your clothes so that they don't end up then going down the plug. And you pull your clothes oh, out, they're washed, idea. and they get caught within the bag. And the bag itself doesn't release any microfibers as well. I guess my question is, that's, that's a fantastic idea. My question is, what happens to the fibers when they're in the bag? Do they just I don't stay know. there? Or? I don't know. We're going to have to buy have to one and try out. it. That'd be interesting, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll put our review up on, up on Instagram as well. But I just thought that sounded like a great idea. And actually, one of the things on their website as well, which I really liked, was they said this is a tangible reminder every single day that your actions have consequences. Because if every day when you Good. do a wash, you're thinking, ah, okay, I'm, I need to prevent this having a wider impact, it starts to change your mindset slightly and you start to look at things from a wider perspective. So true. And I thought, yeah, that's a very good way really to run your company. It. Yeah, I really liked the value they had behind that. I'd also recommend, um, which is something we definitely don't do these days, nearly as much as uh, my parents' generation and their parents' generation did, which is repair clothes. Yes. Because you were telling me earlier you uh, sewed up your <gasps> jeans. We haven't done our um, What One Good Thing Have You Done This Week? <gasps> ah. We're going to have to do that now. Oh, come on then. What, what well, one thing have mine. you done this week? I, re- oh, you, you I repaired jeans. my jeans. <laughs> I, um, I did. I, I, I bought it. I always seem to, I mean, women that wear skinny jeans will, will get this. I always seem to rip my jeans kind of on the inner thigh. I don't know why. There's always a there's always a part just under your bum, yeah, where they always rip and they always get a bit, and it's so frustrating because the rest of the jean is fine. Um, so I just bought. Uh, I got a little like patch of uh, like suede, like an offcut from a different project that I was making, um, and I've I've sewed up my jeans and I've patched them up, and now my jeans will last me for hopefully yeah, another couple of months. Absolute pro. Well, I really like these jeans as well, and I kind of was quite oh, sad to put which them that, away. Yeah, which is exactly and what you can't put them in a charity shop either if they're ripped. They no, would end up in point. the bin or in some form of craft project. Yeah, I mean, that, that sort of carries on to things like shoes as well, right? Yeah. Like shoes, we don't go to the, what do you call them? The people who hey, prepare no. shoes. See, that's the exact problem. It's not a part of our life. What are they oh, called? I say the word cobbler. Cobbler, yes. It is cobbler. Cobblers. Oh, thank oh, thank They re- reheal them, don't they? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, you, it's, it's hard to even do it with shoes you buy these days because it's a lot more plasticky. Yeah, true. And they're not really built to do that quite so often. No, they're a lot more fabric-led. 
What's your um, What's your one good thing that oh, you've yeah. done what this week? What have I week? done? Um, I needed to buy some wrapping paper for some birthday presents. And oh. I was talking to someone and they recommended I buy um, the like brown wrapping paper you get from like, the post office. Oh, nice. That sort of Plastic thing. So, yeah, because quite often the glittery ones aren't really recyclable. No. Um, but the brown paper is probably already recycled itself a lot of the time. Yes, true. It's just It's just brown paper. You know? I think they look quite nice as well. I like a brown paper parcel. Maybe yeah, I'm a bit really nostalgic, elegant. but I really a, like them. put a little ribbon on it and then say the ribbon afterwards. Oh, well done. There we go. Done. Planet saved. Planet saved. Well, we've done the episode in a slightly backwards fashion this week, but... Just keeping the audience on their toes, aren't we? But Yeah, this is true. This is you true. never know what you're going to get. We're always full of surprises. <laughs> so that is all we've got time for for this episode of For What It's Earth. But if you want to keep the conversation going, then you can tweet us or you can find us on Facebook or you can email us at... For what it's earthpod at gmail.com. <laughs> we love to hear from you. We really, really I'm do. I'm pointing at you because I can't remember. Um, I'm, I'm going to get them on a big piece of paper. And just hold it next up. Next time we yeah. record. Yeah. Fantastic. So uh, if you want to keep the conversation going, like I said, just uh, send us your favourite brands. Like what, what brands are you wearing that are ethical or... What are the solutions to, to fast fashion problems? Yes, if you've stories. got any ideas that we haven't touched on, we would love to know. Please keep engaged. We'll share them with the community. Exactly. So go forth and uh, be green. And I shop guess. well. Until next time. Until next time.